Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we asked ourselves here, do our dollars make sense? So today we're going to walk through a lifespan of what an infinite banking policy can do for somebody. So all the way from when they're born, all the way till their graduation, aka their death date. So just imagine a world where you never have to rely on another financial institute or a bank or a place, a financial advisor to sit your money somewhere where you can't control. So we're going to walk through and for my numbers nerds out there, these are my spreadsheets for you. So I hear you loud and clear and I got you. So a few announcements before we hop into it. Um, 23 and 23 is live and in action. Click the link down below to see if we're coming to a city that's near you and uh, I hope to catch you around. It's a free live event that we got going on. And two, did y'all know that we have a Facebook group? We got a Facebook group with over 5,000 plus members in there and they just bounce ideas off of each other of how they're using their infinite banking policies. So I'll link that group down below. I don't talk about that a lot. So grab your cup of coffee, grab your favorite beverage or popcorn and let's hop into it. So as you can see here pulled up on the screen, we have what's called a policy illustration. So these are issued from the insurance companies directly. And um, we're just gonna walk through here from somebody who is one years old and they, this family, they're gonna put 15,000 a year into this policy on their child. So as you can notice here on the left, it's just time. It's the policy years um, and then the age of the individual. Then you got the premiums. Okay, so you notice in this one, this is a 10 pay policy. So after the 10 years, we're going to stop making premiums and no more premiums are going into that policy. Now, just real quick. If you work with me, you will quickly understand why you will never want to stop paying those premiums into your banking policy designed for this infinite banking concept because of the growth that comes from it. So you can see in some of my past podcasts and more videos that actually come up here, I'm going to be t diving in more and more into what I'm talking about there. But in this example, just so we don't see a boatload of numbers up there on the screen, we are going to stop making these premium deposits after year 10. So he's going in and he's got his 10 years of premiums that are going into that policy. So 15,000 a year. Now, just real quick, if you are new to this channel, here's a little tidbit for you. Premiums, you determine that premium amount that you want to put into your policy. I'm never going to tell you what to put in, nor should anybody tell you what to put in because I have a firm belief this is about you being financially independent now so start taking that control you should know what you want to deposit into your banking system so we got premiums there now then you got your cumulative premiums columns that one's nice to always kind of figure out like cash on cash and stuff um, let's keep going down we got the cash value columns 
And then we got retirement cash flow, income tax payable, after-tax retirement, cumulative cash flow, blah, 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 so on and so forth until we get to the end columns where it tells us about the death benefit numbers. Because yes, even though we don't talk about the death benefit a lot, this is a life insurance contract. It's permanent guaranteed death benefit because it's not an if we die, it's a when we die. So let's, let's move on. So in this example, from year one to year 10, they put in their 15,000s of premium deposits for a total of 150,000 as their true total net injection. Now, when this individual turns 18, they start going to college. They're going to be taking out $20,000 for the next four years for the payment to pay for the college bill. Now, in this example, too, I am showing this as withdrawals out of the policy, right? You always hear me talk about policy loans. I'm not going to show loans in this example because if I start to incorporate loans, actually, and I just read this because I'm rereading Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. I think I might pull it out here in just a second. But if I start talking about loans, that's when some folks totally just shut off their brains because you Y'all are not in that mentality quite yet of being your own banker and thinking of loans as assets, just like how conventional banks think of their loans as assets. So I'm showing this example as us just taking out that tax-free, I won't even touch on that much in this video, but it is tax-free, um, taking out the tax-free withdrawals to fund these purchases. So we're not paying anything back. I will quickly note, though, that if you do play honest banker and you do pay yourself back and pay yourself back with interest, the larger these numbers are just going to be anyways. We'll get into that more, too. So he's taking out the $20,000 a year for the college. Where does this $20,000 come from? It comes from the cash value that's sitting inside of his policy. So he takes out the $20,000 and he pays for college for the next four years. 100% finance through his policies, just took withdrawals, not going to pay it back. Let's continue on. Now, he's 25, or 26 years old. He's 26 years old and this person has a fiance and now they want to get married. This wedding is going to cost them $30,000. We take out the $30,000. Where does the $30,000 come from? It comes from the cash value that's sitting inside of that policy. Take out the $30,000 withdrawal and go pay cash for the wedding. Go have a big old party and go get married. Do you notice too how cash value keeps increasing year after year? Even though we're taking out these withdrawals, right? Cash value, even from like year uh, 20 into year 21, it's still growing even though we're not putting in any cash injection into it. So reminder, what's happening here, it's the uninterrupted compounding that's happening inside of that policy. What I always talk about is the opportunity cost of our money. The whole why we're doing this is that when you start to funnel the cash flow through the policy first, now, for the rest of our lives, we earn that guaranteed uninterrupted compounding. Also, look at this over here, death benefit numbers too, right? Don't talk about death benefit a lot, but look at that death benefit increase as the years go on. 
And two, I mean, is there anything ridiculous or idiotic that we're doing over here? No. I mean, we're just using the policy to finance the things that we already had to finance in our life anyways. Let's continue on. So we had the big old party. Actually, here, wait, let me tell y'all something. You know what I've been binge watching recently? I love the show Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> so like weddings, I am so honed in on weddings right now because I love all the dresses, the sparkles, the beadings, the big old ball gowns. Oh man, I'm all into it right now. All right, let's keep moving on. So now this individual is 31. This individual is 31 and we're coming in here and we want to go and buy a house now. We got we got our fiance. Now we're we want to go and buy our white picket fence house. Okay. The down payment on the property, let's say we're gonna put 20% down, is gonna cost us forty thousand dollars. So where does the forty thousand dollars come from? Comes directly right here from that policy as cash value inside of that policy. So now that he's taken it out for the down payment on the house, let's just go back and see what we did in these years until he's 31 years old now. So for the college, we took out 2020, 2020 for a total of 80,000. Then we had the wedding. We took out another 30,000 for a total of 110. Then we took out the 40,000 for the down payment on the house. So for a total of 150. So we were able to just withdraw tax-free 150,000 out of the policy to go and fund these life ventures. We've put in a true total net injection of our premiums as 150,000 as well. But here we are sitting in year 30 of the policy you funded the house, you funded the wedding, you funded four years of college, tax-free, you got 224,000 of cash value in that policy and a $2.4 million death benefit. How do you like financing things my way? Let's keep going. So now we get here into the years, all right, life was going on, and and too, you know, so I'm just kind of pointing out just some things. Let's make believe that over the course of this, maybe he starts to finance a boat, a jet ski, some automobiles for his him himself and his family, vacations, the taxes, right? Hmm, the, the possibilities are endless here. So now this individual, they had children, and now it's time for the children to go to college. So when he is age 47, the children start going to college. You got one, co you got one kid in college right now. And, and so in this example, they're showing two children, okay? So, so right now, you got two children in college. Well, sorry, let's back it up. Right now, you got one kid in college. You got two children, okay? You got one child in college, and this college tuition is going to cost you thirty thousand a year. So we take out the thirty thousand in year forty-six to go fund for one child to go to college for the year. Next year, we take out another thirty thousand, and where does this thirty thousand come from? It comes from the cash value that's sitting inside of that policy. We take out another thirty thousand. 
we go pay for year two college bill. Now, the older kid is a junior in college. The younger kid is walking into their freshman year of college. So now we got two college tuition bills. So that's why you see in year 48, the cost for the college bill is now 60,000. It's doubled because now we got two kids going to college. We take out that 60,000 from the cash value that's sitting inside of that policy, go pay for the college bill for that year. Same thing happens in year 49. Older kid is now a senior, younger kid is now a sophomore, gotta pay for the college bill. Comes directly from the cash value that's sitting here inside of the policy. Then, in year 50 of the policy, another $30,000. Younger kid is now a junior, gotta pay the college bill. Now, once the younger kid is a senior, one more year of college bill, another 30000 So he just totally financed two children going to college by taking tax-free withdrawals from the cash value that's sitting here inside of the policy. What, what do we got now here? Let's make believe that the children caused him a heart attack. No, that's not nice. I shouldn't say that. But, but let's just make believe that when he is age 52, he passes away. He's got a $3.2 million death benefit right now. Let's move on. Is there anything stupid, ridiculous, or idiotic that I'm doing? No. Let's now go to our retirement years. This is what Nelson Nash likes to call... Um, passive years. He didn't believe in the word retirement. So these are the passive years. So now age 65, we want to retire. We don't want to go to work any longer. We are going to be taking out 5,000 a month or 60,000 a year to live off of for our retirement years. Where does this come from and again these are just withdrawals tax-free withdrawals that are coming out we take the sixty thousand each and every year and we pull it from the cash values that's sitting inside of the policies sixty thousand comes out each and every year you notice death benefit keeps climbing as well let's fast forward here we are age 90 this is the graduation date of this person. Age 90, they have funded for, for their own college. They funded for their own wedding. They bought a house. They funded for their children to go to college. They took out 5,000 a month over the course of these last few years, a lot of last few years. So now we're sitting here. The last 25 years, he has taken out tax-free withdrawals for his income, a 5,000 a month income. Now he's age 90 and he graduates. Now his family gets $2.4 million in death benefit and he was able to take out 1.8 million, almost 1.9, as tax-free income for these retirement years. Do you remember how much money we put in to this policy from the get-go? 150,000. He put in 150,000 over the course of 10 years into this policy, and he was able to pull 1.8 million 
in tax-free income for retirement. It's unbelievable, y'all, and I'm so surprised that not more people do this. Actually, here's one thing to talk about, a question I get asked sometimes is, Hannah, this stuff is so powerful, or Hannah, this stuff is so cool. Why aren't more people doing this? And I just believe that it's we're just never taught. We're never taught, even like life insurance agents, financial advisors, we are never taught the power of a of an overfunded whole life insurance policy. So now get this, y'all. Really, at the age of 90, he put in that 150 of premium. He was able to pull all of that tax-free income for retirement. And then now, what do you think is going to happen with that 2.4 million? That now gets paid out to his next generation. I assume his children, maybe the grandchildren, if he has any at the time. And then the whole idea of this financial literacy now is leave the knowledge to the next generation. You know, what are they going to do with this cash windfall? They can now go open more banking policies. They can go buy more cash flowing assets and really create this generational wealth that's going to live on for more generations and generations to come. So I just don't think that we are taught properly about money and that's why folks don't know more about this because they think that it's not out there. Nobody else is talking about it because I think those other people aren't informed as well about the power of these policies. And sometimes it's just even people not even wanting to believe, as Nelson Nash calls it, the arrival syndrome. They just think that they know everything that there is to know out there and they're just sticking to that very textbook manner of how to do things. So... Even when people come to me like with weird, crazy, wild ideas, I hear them out, all right? I'm never going to fall subject to having a rival syndrome because if there is something that's really out there that I have just never been exposed to or enlightened on before, I'm gonna go and do my due diligence and just kind of see what it is. And then I can take the cognitive decision, hey, do I wanna do this or do I not wanna do this, right? I mean, you are in control of your own decisions of what you wanna make, so just go out there and do your research research and due diligence. But I find this example very, very enlightening. Actually, this gentleman's name, his name is Larry Lucky Jeans. (laughs) So I personally believe that this is really something that I will see in my own lifetime because I am second generation to this concept. Y'all have heard my father's story, you know, where dad heard about this concept back in 2006, but we didn't start it till 2008. So, I mean, I my first policy that dad ever got on my body, I was 10 years old, you know, Up to this point, I have never had to go to a regular financial institute, ask to borrow money for things. You know, we go to the banking system of the Kessler Family Bank and we pull from the bank. Now, we aren't doing withdrawals. We are treating it like a bank doing loans. But in this sense, this is exactly how we are using our banking systems. So I hope that helped a few of y'all. Now, let's get into our listener writing questions. All right, we already kind of talked about one. You know, the the question I sometimes get a lot is, um, Hannah, this is so good. Why isn't everybody doing this? And 
A little note that I do have here is I, I think some people think that the infinite banking concept is just about paying off debt. And I think that's just because they see dad's example of where he was within almost his a million dollars of debt. But I mean, I didn't have debt when I started this concept. Literally, it's not just about debt. It's literally about financing every single transaction or investment that we're buying in life, safely warehousing our money somewhere, also having it liquid and protected, and nobody else can touch those dollars besides me, myself, and I, and it's not being exposed to the markets or other external factors out there. I mean, that's literally what this whole concept is about. So no, it's not just for debt, and I just think that more people need to be properly educated on a structured, overfunded, paid up edition writer policy with a mutually owned company because there are some moving parts to this that really make these policies operate and work, but it's not hard stuff, y'all. Go read Nelson's book. Look right there, Becoming Your Own Banker. Go read it. All right. In that book, he literally tells us exactly how to design these policies. Okay. Or call me up. I will help you. This is what I do all day long. I take strategy calls. I help folks obtain and design their policy properly for this concept. So this is what I do. I, I just share what I personally do in my own life. Okay. Um, Hannah, I'm 56 years old. Should I insure my child instead of myself? Premiums will be a lot lower, right? That cost of insurance will be a lot less expensive, right? No, okay? So you're thinking about this backwards. I wanted to bring this question up on this episode because I know I showed Larry Lucky Jean's example of when he started his policy when he was one year old, but no, you are not too old to start this and age does not affect your cash values inside of this policy if you are designing this thing properly for the infinite banking concept. Age only affects the death benefit. And here's what Rick Warren tells us. Isn't life like a marathon? It doesn't matter how you start. It only matters how you finish. This is the game of life. So no, you just start anywhere Monroe <laughs> all right we had a little guest pop up <laughs> but um so no just start anywhere start anywhere that um where you're at right now because I mean life is going to continue going on you know one thing that I kind of picked up when when dad and mom first met no I was not around at this time I just remember them here I remember hearing this story but when mom and dad first met it was dad really really wanted to go to chiropractic college and he was a little late on the game you know most people are going to college like fresh out of high school right and so I believe dad was about 28 when he goes hey you know I want to go back to school and I want to be a chiropractor but I don't know is, is it going to be worth all of it because by the time that I'm out of chiropractic college I'm going to be 32 years old and mom turned to him and, and mom said well Brent you're going to be 32 years old whether you go to chiropractic college or you don't so might as well just go right so I, I think about that sometimes too and when, when just starting somewhere you know you even hear sometimes people talk about hey this person wasn't a CEO until they were age 65 or something like that I mean everybody's got their own thing of what is going on and and where they're supposed to be at I should say in life 
So, okay, anyways, back to the question. I'm 56, should I insure my child instead of myself? Um, no, I personally believe that you should insure the matriarch and the patriarch of the family first, because in the end of it all, you got that death benefit on your body and you want that death benefit to get paid out to your next generation. So, I say to ensure the matriarch and the patriarch first. No premiums will not be lower. It, no, it's not going to act any different from a banking perspective. All it is is that since you are older, your death benefit is just going to be lower compared to your child if you're putting in the same dollar into that policy. But no, it's not going to affect the banking perspective. Um, can I increase my premiums? Um, really? No. Okay. So I'll do more content on this here in a little bit, but can you increase your policy premiums? No. She's being a little menace over there. So, so, um, if at the time that you have extra cash flow that you're wanting to contribute into your banking policies, what you will do is you will be opening up in additional policies as time goes on. So no, you cannot increase that contract premium inside of there. So all we'll do is just open up your own uh, uh, branch office of your bank, i.e. policy number two. So, and that's the idea, you know, hopefully in this Larry Lucky Jeans example, if this was my child, I would tell them, all right, so now you're working, you're older now, let's start to an additional policy policy and let's start doing $500 a month into it. And that is going to be your savings vehicle, right? You just expand your banking policies as time goes on. So when you see yourself having extra cash flow that you don't want to leave down at the central banks, hey, let's start talking about more and more policies and start building more of your warehouses of wealth. Okay, that was fun. I hope you got some value and enjoyed this uh, episode this week. Um, if you need me, y'all know where to find me. Send me an email, hannah at themoneymultiplier.com. You can find me on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, podcast. Uh, Hannah, spelled the same ways forwards and backwards, Hannah Kessler with one S. And uh, The Money Multiplier is our company. So go to our website, themoneymultiplier.com, and I'll link down below some of the resources I touched on today. So thanks for joining me. And until next time, I'll see you then. Bye now.